Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Well, 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 it's another episode of Nick's Nerd News. What are we, what, we're almost at a year, folks, by the way. I think I've said that before, but we're a couple, about a month and, and, and a half shy. But uh, we got we got a lot going on this week. Obviously, the announcement of, with, with Arrow, uh, it's not really canceled, but its end was announced. Uh, got a review for Captain Marvel, went to see that today. Some Game of Thrones news. But let, let's just jump right into it, shall we? Uh, I, I, I did start doing this a little while ago, and I'm, I'm going to start doing it again, but uh, just uh, some upcoming releases in the gaming world. Division 2 comes out next week. Standard Edition comes out on the 15th. If you have like the pre-ordered Special Edition, it comes out on the 12th. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice comes out on March 22nd. Tropico 6 comes out March 29th. Mortal Kombat 11 comes out April 23rd. Days Gone, the PlayStation exclusive, comes out April 26th. Rage 2 comes out May 14th, and A Plague Tale comes out on May 14th. If you don't know anything about A Plague Tale, it's this really cool game. The they, the trailer showed off that um, you, you play as this, this, this young girl and her siblings, and you have to protect them from, like, rats during the, um, during the Dark Ages, and you can use, like, flames to beat back the, be, beat back the rats, and the rats are this interesting gameplay me- mechanic. Uh, definitely check out the, the trailer. It's a change of pace for typical games like that. But anyway, let's uh, let's get into the, the thick of things for real this time, not just uh, uh, release dates. Apex Legends actually hit uh, 50 million players after just one month, which again is actually beating Fortnite's records. And it'll be interesting to see if it, if it continues this upwards, upward trend, if, if anything comes in and, and knocks it off its perch. It'll, it'll be interesting to see... Granted, no one can predict that. No one can predict if, if other games will will take over, though. So it, it'll be interesting, like I said, to see what what happens. I'm excited. Like I said, I, I, I've played some rounds of Apex. I, I really, really do enjoy it. It's better than some other Battle, Roy- Battle Royale games, especially Fortnite. I, I hate Fortnite, I, I think. Granted, Fortnite's been good for the industry because it gets uh, the little children off, off the, the adult games. Uh, which is a fun meme I've been seeing online. I, I think there's some truth to that as well. But uh, again, it's it's something that I'm excited to see happen. And again, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Battlefield's Battle Royale mode takes off or if The Division puts anything into that. So it, it's uh, d- different things on the horizon, obviously. And um, it, that's a good thing. A, a big win for EA, even though everyone seems to hate AA, EA, but that might just be fake hate on the internet as as one wants to do. Not me, but other other people. And just trolls everywhere. But we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, some new rumors came out. This is according to like a, a French website, I think. Someone. I, I don't know. I don't remember where it came from. Or no, it was a Windows Central. Excuse me. But the rumor says that Microsoft is looking to release their diskless Xbox One as soon as May. And uh, start taking pre-orders like in April, which is insane. 
I, I, I didn't think it was going to come out before E3. I figured it would have gotten announced at E3. But it's going to be called the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. Obviously to differentiate itself so people understand like, hey, there is no disk drive in here. If you buy this, you have to get all your games digitally. Which kind of is the future. I, don't get me wrong. Not everyone has not everyone has the space to have a just a giant games library and and getting a a, a digital console like this where you hook up a um, you know where you hook up like an external hard drive that that's a lot better. It'll be interesting to see what the price point is on this and and if it actually turns out to be true. But who knows? Who knows? So, uh, Days Gone, I mentioned before, comes out April 26th. It's a PlayStation exclusive. It's a, it looks like a, it's a zombie game, and uh, their their whole thing is like these hordes of zombies that just move at a, a crazy rate and things like that. Uh, came out, Game Informer or someone was reporting that it was going to have a 30-hour campaign, yet 20% of that will be cutscenes or cinematics. So, six hours of a 30-hour campaign will be cinematics. That is not cool. Six hours, you gotta sit throughout the game and just watch something. Like that's not that's not fair. That's not fair at all. I, I mean, it's um, I, I I don't understand why someone would do that. I mean, I know Kojima Games had a history of of having a lot of cutscenes, and like I I complained about the amount of cutscenes in. Kingdom Hearts 3, but that's because they broke up the action a little too much. Like, it'd be like every corner you'd turn would turn into a cutscene. But six hours in a game like that is is unreal. I, I just, I don't see, I don't, I don't see what the, what the point of that is. And that's not, that's not cool. I, I, I think that's a bad thing on, on their part. Hopefully this doesn't hurt the game or interest in the game, but, but we'll see. We'll see. Also announced, uh, Sega announced that we're actually going to get a Western release for the game Judgment. It is a West. Uh, it is a spinoff of the Yakuza franchise, and and I guess it was a. I think it's a PlayStation exclusive, but it was Japan only. And a, a, enough people have been clamoring about it that it, it's going to get a Western release. So I've always been told the Yakuza games are really fun. Never had a re- chance to really check them out, and. Also heard that uh, this game is supposed to be really good as well because I don't think they would have would have brought it to the West if it wasn't uh, if it wasn't popular. So uh, anybody who's interested in that, be on the lookout. That's going to release in June. We also got um, some news around Death Stranding. Uh, Hideo Kojima says that uh, unfortunately they're a little behind schedule on that. Um, they they weren't meeting their internal targets. Don't think that game's coming out for at least two years anyway, just because it is Kojima and he takes his time to perfect things, honestly. So I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with this. It's uh, wasn't expecting it to come out until at least next gen anyway, so who knows with that. The Lovecraftian horror game, The Sinking City, has also been delayed till June. That was supposed to come out in the next few weeks. Uh, this was another game they showed off at E3 where... There's this guy, and he wakes up kind of, like, unaware of what's going on. And then this, this creature, like, Cthulhu-esque creature, comes out of the out of the water. And then the city kind of gets inverted under... Um, the city goes underwater and then kind of gets un- inverted underwater. So, we'll... Uh, that game looks interesting. I'm, I'm going to hold off on that. I, I It was interested... It interested me with the trailer, but again, that was just a trailer. There was no 
game footage shown off. I don't really know what gameplay is going to be, but looks um, looks interesting. And then, of course, we got we got a story trailer for Mortal Kombat 11, and we can finally get an idea of what's uh, what's going on with with the new the new villain Kronika and how it ties into like all the older characters coming back and, and things like that. So I uh, thought it was interesting what uh, what what they were doing with it, and it seems like. Kronika is really pissed at something Raiden did and wants to like end this this time warp. So the heroes and the villains of the last game kind of team up to fight her and she also brings like people back from the past. It's it's this whole weird time travel-esque story involving a lot of the characters and I'm I'm very excited to see where they go cuz I mean Baraka's back, um some other characters that were not in um, not in ten or nine, so it it's uh it's gonna be real fun. And they and they brought some characters back that were new in in ten actually. So like Kotalkan, who was probably one of my most favorite designed characters in in ten because he had this like Aztec look. So it's gonna be interesting how how this this plays out. Uh, like a, a Liu Kang will be back because he wasn't in ten, and other some other characters. So. Shao Kahn obviously is in it as well, but as as always a, a bad character. But we'll see how this uh see how it all plays out. I'm excited to see how it goes. And that is out in a in a month actually. So it's uh not too long. Not too long. Uh that's really it for the gaming industry this week. Not a whole lot going on, surprisingly. It's a weird month, I guess. Uh February was short, so not a whole lot to to really build off of. And of course, uh the spring, early spring, late winter has always been a, a dead period for games in, in general. But that that's that's what's going on. Uh, let's go on to TV. How about that Game of Thrones trailer, huh? That was intense. A lot of rumors flying around. People think that the White Walkers have breached Winterfell or we'll get to that point. Um, hopefully maybe the, the Clegane Bowl will finally happen. And... Other other interesting things that we've been waiting for. Uh, it's confirmed that Tormund Giantsbane is alive. Uh, if you haven't finished season seven, I mean, it's been a year and a half. People like get get on it. Um, I can't fucking wait though. End of April. God, that's still still too long. Still too far away. Still too far away. Um, I I man, it's it's been a long time coming. I, I almost just don't want to talk about it and just just be ready to watch. I I can't I can't really wait. Um, and and speaking of of season eight's trailer, I guess someone was talking with George R R Martin, and he came out and said that the final books will have important discrepancies from season eight. So he also didn't want to write um, for this for this season or or cameo because he's so focused on writing the Winds of Winter, which. He's been working on that book for almost 15 years at this point. But, uh, yeah, he was talking to Entertainment Weekly. He said, I haven't read the scripts and haven't been able to visit the set because I've been working on wins. I know some of the things, but there's a lot of minor character arcs they'll be coming up with on their own. And, of course, they passed me several years ago. There may be important discrepancies. So, obviously, he told them how to end the show. 
but they they've diverged from him quite a while ago but end of the end of april people we are so close to the ending of game of thrones i can't like i said i can't i can't fucking wait cannot fucking wait uh if you're a fan of one punch man season two will hit hulu on april 9th so that will be its western debut uh no word on if it's sub or dub i know there's a a lot of contention over how you prefer to watch your anime. Uh, Brie Larson, Captain Marvel herself, has announced that she will star and produce, star in and produce a show around the CIA for Apple as Apple expands their entertainment output to go on Apple TV and some things like that. Finally, got some more news regarding Amazon's Lord of the Rings show, and they officially confirmed that it will take place during the Second Age. So, if you're not a big uh, Loader fan, the Second Age is kind of the time period, uh, it's essentially the time period before the movies. The Second Age ends when uh, Sauron has his hand and the ring cut off, so like thousand, couple thousand years before the movies. And uh, they, they teased it by posting like a picture of Numenor and Welcome to the Second Age, they said on their Twitter. So... Uh, Tolkien didn't really talk about the Second Age, really, but in his books. I mean, he has some, but the, the, the most of the books that Tolkien wrote focus on the Third Age. Um, the Third Age, you know, is, is the, uh, at the end of the Third Age is when the elves leave and the Fourth Age starts, the Age of Man, and all that nonsense. But it'll be interesting to see how they, how they explore that. Uh, Numenor is a, is a very important thing. It, it's touched on briefly. Obviously, I'm not going to get into huge, like, loader lore right now. That's that's not my expertise. I do know some other people that might be able to come in and talk about that. But expect that. Uh, I don't know if they said when that show's going to premiere or anything, but I'm sure they've started pre-production and everything. That's that's Hopefully, they, they go all out. Uh, going back to anime here for a second. Uh, One Piece is getting a live-action adaptation and it's going to netflix where all the animes go to have a live action adaptation apparently but that's uh interesting i never watched one piece i know a lot of people like it it looks it looks fun i just never got into it um and here was something that i did not expect uh, not expect at all but jeff katzenberg former head of disney former head of dreamworks animation and meg whitman former ceo of hp have announced a streaming service together called Queeby, and they're gonna have one of the sh- first shows they're gonna have on it is called, um, what is this Frat Boy Genius, and it's going to be about Evan Spiegel, the creator of Snapchat, and it's gonna focus on that. This is all reported by TechCrunch. Too many goddamn streaming services. People, people aren't going to be subscribing to all these unless this one's free and has like ads and stuff. Uh, Quibi TechCrunch says that Quibi is plans to offer short-form video designed for mobile. Will also feature an origin story to complement Telemundo's. Oh, so that's um, never mind. Forget that part. But they're gonna have some other shows on there. But Fratboy Genius is gonna be. They're trying to have it be like what the social network did for Facebook, but do for Snapchat. I I don't know. Katzenberg said, It is the story of how he built and created Snapchat, which is one of the great social platforms of our time. And we want to tell a story that is compelling and interesting about the creation of Snapchat and Evan's story as the social network was for Facebook. I don't know if I want to watch this, because Evan Spiegel is known to be just a major, like, douchebag and asshole. 
Like he stopped talking to his dad for a while because his dad didn't buy him like a new car once. So he's just like a, a rich, entitled jerk off. And honestly, frat boy genius is not a, a, a I don't know. I mean, then again, um, Mark Zuckerberg isn't really a likable person either from my understanding. So if anything, the social network made people hate him even more. But that's that's neither here nor there. It'll be interesting to see if that streaming platform or that show take off. And just to kind of end a bit with, with TV here, I uh, just want to end on, on some CW news. Uh, John Cryer's Lex Luthor will premiere this upcoming Sunday, the 17th, in an episode of Supergirl. So we get a, our first uh, look at with him. The CW is also planning on filming a Nancy Drew show. And then uh, before I get to the final bit of CW news, actually, I, I want to briefly touch on... Uh, Actually, no, we'll get to that in a second. Scratch that. Um, so, it was announced this week by Stephen Amell that Arrow will end this fall with a shortened season 8 of only 10 episodes. And I, I'm sad. I'm, I'm really sad because Arrow, Arrow is one of my favorite shows. I've been watching since day one and... Everyone's always called it Discount Batman and and all these other things, but in in reality, Arrow was still getting a, a lot of views. It was still in the top 0.01% of shows on TV in terms of viewership. Yes, I know it was on the CW, and yes, it wasn't getting flash numbers anymore. But the Arrow's just been it it it, it changed the game for superhero shows, and it, it made them. It made them, uh, I guess, popular again. I mean, Smallville had 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 a long run as well, but that started to dwindle as as time went on. And it gave us a look at a superhero that wasn't Batman or wasn't Superman or or, or any of the main the main characters. And it it showed it showed what was possible, what what we didn't think was possible on TV before. And and I know it it got some flack in the in the the waning years, people saying the show had gone downhill and it wasn't as high a quality. My personal opinion, I felt that it was getting a bad rap for things that were maybe outside of its control and not necessarily something that I I think... I don't think it was as bad as as the reviewers and and people made it out to be. I don't think people would still be watching it if it was as bad as, as some people would have you believe. And... It it grew out of the the weird like CW tropes in the beginning, like with Stephen Mel always having to be shirtless and doing the salmon ladder and 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 things like that. But it it just it got really great, and it was able to tell a story. There was awesome character development. The villains were great. I mean, it it gave us uh, Damian Dark was a just a, a a joy to watch on screen, and he ended up being in in Legends of Tomorrow and things like this. Malcolm Merlin, as a character, was was awesome. Uh, uh, Ricardo Dragon, or is that his name? Or uh, Diaz? Was that yeah? The more more recent uh, villain, overarching villain, has been awesome. You know, it brought in the Suicide Squad. It it brought in some other characters. Hell, without Arrow, you wouldn't have the Arrowverse. You know what I mean? Like it 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 was able to spawn all these different shows, and. 
in reality, Stephen Amell probably wants to do other things. He can't be hampered by by filming this show like 10 months out of the year. And it's probably best to go out now before they overstay their welcome, before it gets really stale and, and really starts to lose its, its muster. And while I don't think it, this will be the end of, of him as Oliver Queen completely, it just will be the end of him being on our, sh- our screens once a week for 22 weeks out of the year. And, and I'm okay with that. And my guess is that it will end either right before the Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline or right after. And I have a feeling that Oliver may be dead. They might kill Oliver off or some other th- thing related to that. So I, I get it. I really do. And at the same time, it's just upsetting because it's a been one of my favorite shows over the last seven, seven and a half years. So that's um, it's just unfortunate. Just it really is. But I get it. Business decision, and of course, actors want to keep moving with their career. Maybe this will turn into Stephen Amell getting a gig in the the DC universe of movies. Maybe they'll make a maybe they'll make an Arrow movie. Maybe they'll even bring him into the Justice League in some form of or capacity. Maybe, uh, maybe, hopefully he doesn't go to Marvel. I, I Don't get me wrong, he's a great actor, and he, he, he could be a superhero. I just, I'd hate to see that happen. Um, the, the fanboy in me would hate to see that happen. But, oh man, can't wait to see what they do with Crisis on Infinite Earths now. But uh, the the last thing I was going to talk about before we transition over into movies, this kind of straddles the line a bit here. Uh, Disney Plus, the streaming service that Disney announced to come later this fall, will actually, according to Bob Iger, will include Disney's entire motion picture library. So this means the Disney Vault, which I'm pretty sure all of you know and, and loathe, will be a thing of the past. So no more having to wait for a movie to come out of the vault. No more having to worry if you can get your hands on a copy of, of one of the movies. They will be at your fingertips forever, well, for the foreseeable future, on Disney+. Plus. Um, Bob Iger said that he doesn't expect them to be on there right away, but within a few months after launch. That's, that's cool. That's actually really cool, because if you don't buy a Disney... If you, in the past, if you didn't buy a Disney movie while it was available... You, 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 you couldn't get it after because they would put it into the Disney vault and it get locked up and be away for, what, like 10 years sometimes or more. But uh, that's, that's, a, that's a great way to get people to sign up. And uh, they keep saying it's going to be cheaper than Netflix. So, so we'll see how that, uh, how that plays out. But on, on to movies. On to movies. I uh, got a new Shazam trailer. Looks really cool. Some showed off some more interaction between Billy as uh, Shazam and some of the other members of the of the of his friend group. I uh, also got first reactions released on Twitter, and they are extremely positive. So this is a this is a good thing. the The DCEU, as it may, it is uh, turning things around. All that started with Wonder Woman. Justice League was. Uh, 
was made before Wonder Woman started and everything. So that that's a whole other story. But looks like they'll have another hit on their hands. Maybe not a billion dollars like Aquaman, but they'll they'll have another hit on their hands, and and I'm excited for that. And it's really cool to uh, explore Shazam, otherwise known as Captain Marvel. You know, the the other Captain Marvel. Uh, there's a whole history of that. And may, maybe I'll talk about that before the movie comes out, just to, to straddle the time between the two of them. But, so, a while back they announced, they released a, a poster for the Sonic movie, and Sonic just looked really fucking weird. But, it looks like the the full picture of Sonic might have gotten released and oh god it looks terrible like horrific he's not wearing gloves anymore he's got white fur on his hands now and he, he's like I, I don't I don't know what what I don't know what they were thinking with this um but it it's it's bad it is really bad, and it's it's whoever approved this design needs to be fired, like immediately. It, it's it's ridiculous, and it's it's not. Uh, so I guess the uh, the design agency that came up with it posted it. They need to be fired, like now. The internet was having a field day with it, though. It was, it was hilarious, um, but. Even the the former head of so- Team Sonic from like the the nineties, uh, who created like Sonic, uh, Yuji Naka, saying that um, is less he's less than imp- impressed. He said, "When the unofficial image of the Sonic movie comes out, I think that it is leaking strategically, but it is not good because it will go to the IP of Sonic when it becomes a topic in a bad direction." I, that that's via translate, you know it's. Japanese is way more nuanced than that, but yeah, it's, uh, he also said it's shocking that his bare hands are white. It's, I don't understand why Sonic's not wearing, wearing, um, gloves anymore. It's like nightmare fuel almost. I I just, I hope they have plenty of time to, to change it. And I hope they do because it's not, not a good look for them. Not a good look at all. Uh, Tyrese is getting more acting jobs outside of the fan- uh, fantastic out of the Fast and the Furious franchise. He's uh, actually joined the Morbius, the Living Vampire uh, movie, so the Sony Marvel verse that doesn't include Spider Man. Anyway, Tyrese, whatever. And um, we also got news. So I guess Disney's not done releasing movies this year. Maleficent 2 is coming this October. Yep, they're making a Maleficent 2, which I don't know how that's going to work, because the first movie pretty much ends the same way like Sleeping Beauty did. But th- this is this is the amount of movies Disney has coming out this year. And don't get me wrong, this, this is great for me, because that just means my, my stock might go up, hopefully. Uh, as I've stated full, before, full disclosure, I do own Disney stock, but... So, here, here's just a release schedule here. Uh, for Disney Studios proper, Dumbo comes out this month. Aladdin comes out in May. Toy Story 4 in June. The Lion King in July. Frozen 2 in November. And obviously Maleficent in October. For Marvel, 
they just uh, Captain Marvel just came out. Avengers comes out in April. Spider-Man Far From Home in July. And then, of course, they have Star Wars Episode Nine in December. So they're looking at, like, like billions of dollars this year at the box office. Like, I, 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 like you want to talk about movie fatigue? It's going to be Disney fatigue after this year. Holy shit. Non-stop. Jesus Christ. Um, anyway, let's, uh, let's move on to the opposite of the MCU, and that's the DC movie world. And it was recently reported that Will Smith, unfortunately, had to drop out of the Suicide Squad sequel due to scheduling issues. It was all amicable. He didn't quit. He didn't be like, F you, bullshit like that. No, he just, he had to drop out. He wanted to be in it, especially with James Gunn directing now. And... All the rumors are pointing to, this is Variety, too, who reported this, and pretty much a done deal, they say. It was either Variety or Hollywood Reporter. Idris Elba is in talks to replace Will as Deadshot. So I don't know if this would make it a full reboot or just a, a recasting, in, in essence, but Will uh, Idris Elba, which who I'm a, a huge fan of, fucking love Idris Elba, he's great in everything, uh, will will be in Suicide Squad 2 as Deadshot. But on top of that, we also got a purported list of the team members on James Gunn's Suicide Squad, in addition to, more than likely, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. And it looks like uh, he wants to have Ratcatcher, who will be gender-swapped as a, a woman, Polka Dot Man, who's a very obscure Batman villain, uh, King Shark, who's great. Uh, I love King Shark. King Shark is like a half man, half shark. Oh, you know what? I didn't even talk about that. I'll, I'll go back in a second here. Um, Peacemaker, who is someone who's so obsessed with peace, he's willing to kill for it. And uh, it, 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 there's rumors that Bautista may jump ship and be, uh, I guess James Gunn might want him to play Peacemaker in his Suicide Squad movie. But... Um, Sidetrack here, I don't know why I forgot to talk about this, uh, with King Shark. So on The Flash last week, they did uh, King Shark versus Gorilla Grodd. Um, and for this to be a CW show, the visual effects were amazing. Because those are two, th those are two characters that require visual effects. I mean, you can't get, you can't train a real gorilla to fight a CGI creation. Like, like that's just not going to happen at all in 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 a TV show. But the fact that they were able to pull off just an amazing fight on the CW just speaks volumes about the Arrowverse and how they're willing to commit to it. But definitely check that episode out. Even if you're not a fan of The Flash, if you just like superheroes and watching two monsters fight, especially a, a, a gorilla fight a half-man, half-shark person, check out that episode. Uh, back to movies, though. Uh, now let's go to the MCU. So there's rumors that Emma Watson is being eyed to play the second lead in the Black Widow movie, which I'm all for. Love Emma Watson. Definitely get her more roles. But on the top of that, uh, Wesley Snipes, who just always says it's still going to happen, now there's more credible rumors that Blade Four will happen with Wesley 
and it will be rated R. But I'm just, uh, I'm going to take that with a just enormous grain of salt. That is not something that I believe, I won't believe it until I see it. So that that's definitely, definitely not something I believe in just yet. And uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s third Sherlock movie has been pushed to 2021, uh, late in 2021. So uh, you got to wait another two years at least for that. And before we get to the Captain Marvel review, because like I said, I I do want to do movies at the end. So that way uh, I can talk about spoilers and you guys can just be done. Uh, done with the episode if you haven't seen the movie yet. So before we go on, I uh, got a couple things in the delivery world. I got Loot Crate, Loot Wear, and Smuggler's Bounty. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is Smuggler's Bounty. Got some cool stuff. I uh, got a little mystery Yoda uh, bobblehead. And that's really awesome. And to go al- along with that, uh, Funko's been doing these new movie mo- moment pops. And this one, so it's like a diorama almost. This one's um, from Empire, or yeah, Empire Strikes Back, and it's uh, Luke after he goes into the cave, the Force Cave, that and and he's down under the tree, and it's him holding his lightsaber and he's looking at like the blown out Darth Vader mask with his face in it. So that's really cool. I got this really awesome uh, Jedi Order decal. So it's got like the wings with the lightsaber in the middle, and then my favorite thing. That came this month was a sticky notepad uh, shaped like R2-D2, which is pretty fucking awesome, if you ask me. And uh, next, the next theme is going to be Wookiee. It says January theme, but this uh, this came in January. This came in February, so I don't know how that's how that's going to work out. Uh, as for loot wear, I got probably the best shirt I've ever gotten from them, and it's this amazing. Uh, so the, the, the theme this month was transform or transformation. Uh, it's this awesome, awesome uh, Power Rangers shirt. And it's got the Megazord with uh, like gold leaf, gold foil. And it's uh, like almost like a profile shot, uh, a bust shot of, of the Megazord. Um, like it's chest, it's face, and like one shoulder. And it's a black shirt, uh, gold foil. It looks awesome. I posted a picture of it on my personal Instagram. Um, I'll definitely try to find a way to post it on the somewhere on the on Nick's Nerd News or on nicksnerdnews.com or on the, uh, one of the social media sites. Um, also got a How to Train Your Dragon fleece vest, which eh, whatever. I mean, not a huge fan. I've never actually seen the movies. It's just a uh, it's it's very subtle. It's just got one small logo of like uh, toothless and the other white dragon they introduced in the third one. It's a fleece vest, so it's it's comfy. I'm, I'm going to wear it at some point. I mean, got to stay warm, right? Doesn't matter what's on it. And then uh, Loot Crate Proper, which um, honestly, it's one of the most... Uh, I've This is the most disappointed I've been in a crate. Mainly just because it, it has things that I don't care for at all. There's There was one thing that was cool, and it's this Hulk. Um, it's like a... It's uh, this weird statue... It's not a statue, but it's like a, a collectible item, and it's like a cover of a Marvel comic. But like, 
it's 3D, so it's a Hulk 3D comic standee, and it's got him like busting through. Uh, the pin this month was a robotic hand from Alita, Battle Angel. There was a highball glass uh, that's uh, Naruto branded. There's a Adventure Time t-shirt. I don't know which character this is. I guess Finn the human. And then a giant like Transformer trading card. Which I don't... It's not something I care for, but... There's, um, yeah, just very disappointed in this month, especially for a theme that's called transformation. It's just not, not, uh, not fun, not fun this time. So the, the one cool thing is you can turn the, the, this month's crate into like a Hulk fist for Hulk smashing, but no, I, I'm just very disappointed in it, and it, it it's upsetting me. So it's a shame. It's really a shame. I'm gonna make them. I'm gonna let them know. I, I they they send out a survey every month after you get a crate to to let them know how how they're doing and things like that. And I'll definitely express my disappointment. And and granted, I it, it's not a not a, a huge thing, but it's just uh it, it's it's like one out of like thirty that I've gotten. So it's it's not a not a huge deal. And also, uh, this year also marks the 80th anniversary of the de- debut of Batman. So with that, uh, DC is planning a whole lot of different, a whole lot of, of different uh, celebrations for it. And that includes releasing 1.5 million live bats at SXSW in Austin later in the year. Um, so they said, in addition to the release of the landmark Detective Comics issue 1000, which actually comes out this month, um, and it also features the comic book universe debut of the Arkham Knight, the company will be hosting several Batman panels at events like South by Southwest, SXSW, Emerald City Comic Con and WonderCon, uh, Batman Day, obviously every year on September 21st. They also designed like a new anniversary logo logo for it, um, and they said uh, this year's Batman Day will be more ambitious than usual as multiple cities will shine bat signals and host a 5K and 10K marathons. So here's here's all the events that are happening. The Madame Tussauds locations, the Wax Museum in Orlando and Sydney, will host Batman themed exib- exhibit in September. Six Flags theme parks will have a long-live-the-bat event featuring extended hours, new events, and exclusive Batman merchandise. Austin-based art gallery Mondo will host a Batman art exhibit in May. The Lego exhibition The Art of the Brick DC Superheroes will kick off a new touring Batman exhibit in September, beginning in Sao Paulo, Brazil. DirecTV will air a special Batman-centric TV channel. Both Rome and Shanghai will play host to unique Batman exhibits. Batman will be featured in a new campaign for National Boys and Girls Club Week in April. And Genetic Disorders UK will release a new Batman shirt of part of Jeans for Jeans Day in September. The official Batman 80th anniversary is March 30th. And then Detective Comics 1000 hits stores on the 27th. Damn, damn, damn. When uh, when you're a billionaire, 
80 looks real good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Batman, 80 years. Damn, so that means Superman was 80 last year. They didn't really do a whole lot. I guess Batman's still the more popular character. And uh, finally, before I get into Captain Marvel, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will open one month ahead of schedule at Disney World or Walt uh, Disneyland in Anaheim on May 31st and in Walt Disney World in Orlando, August 29th. I don't know if it's ahead of schedule for Walt Disney World, but it's ahead of schedule for Disneyland. Uh, they both have about 14 acres each of Star Wars goodness. Galaxy's Edge will be Disney's largest single-theme land expansion ever. And you'll go to Black Spire Outpost on the village planet of... A village on the planet of Batuu. Uh, if you read the most recent Thrawn book, uh, you go there as well. And guests can sample galactic food and beverages, explore merchant shops, and take controls of the Millennium Falcon in the new brand-new ride Smuggler's Run. Uh, opening later this year will be Phase 2 of the expansion, bringing with it Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, the most ambitious, immersive, advanced attraction ever imagined, uh, which will place guests in the middle of a climactic battle between the First Order and the Resistance and will blur the lines between fantasy and reality. And anyway... This is, this is the news. Uh, guests who plan to visit Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland between May 31st and June 23rd will need a valid theme park admission and will need to make a no-cost reservation to access the land. How this will work will be announced at a later date. Guests staying at Disneyland Resort Hotel during these dates will receive a designated reservation to access the park during their stay with one reservation per registered guest. My guess they're doing this because they don't want Star Wars Land to just be inundated with people. Because, if you weren't aware, when Cars Land first opened at California Adventure, what, almost 10 years ago now, which is insane, um, there was like 10-hour waits for the rides. So I'm guessing they just want to have it only open to a few people at first, just to make sure that if something breaks down, you don't have like an outrageous amount of people waiting, you don't have to give out that many fast passes, and, and all that stuff. But... This is kind of smart for them, actually, because Disneyland is getting ridiculously busy as as time goes on. And lately, they've been having to actually close the parks, like, in the middle of the day, because so many people are, are coming. They don't, they don't have the, the capacity to fit everyone. So it, it's, I, I think this is a smart decision by them to kind of just have it as a reservation base to be able to access it just so they can kind of maintain things and and allow people to experience it and not have a, a bad experience. Because the last thing Disney wants is people to have a, a bad experience at the Magic Kingdom. And, and you know, that that's kind of it before we get into Captain Marvel. So uh, thank you guys again for listening every week. Make sure to check out Nick's Nerd News on social media. Just type in Nick's Nerd News. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out nixnerdnews.com. Some updates will be coming to that soon. And uh, if you guys want to keep listening to the Captain Marvel review, go right ahead. I will get into spoiler territory. I will put a spoiler tag, though, just so you guys are, are when I start talking about spoilers. But thanks again for listening. You guys are more than welcome to click off now uh, and come back at a later time to listen to the Captain Marvel review. Or if you don't care about spoilers, just keep on listening. But if not, I'll catch you guys on the flip side. 
Otherwise, let's get right into it. So I saw Captain Marvel today, and I liked it. Definitely getting a lot of uh, a lot of heat. It's getting review bombed by just assholes online who just hate the idea of a female superhero. To be honest, um, it it was good. And when I say good, it's it's kind of middle of the road for the for Marvel movies. And when, when I, 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 and I don't want to make it seem like I didn't like it because I did. It was fun. There was a lot of great moments. It was funny. A lot more humor than anything. Had a real 90s vibe to it because it took place in the 90s, but it just seemed like a 90s movie in general. But there, there were, it was, it wasn't perfect in any way. They, they dropped the ball on some things. Like there wasn't enough Colson, if you ask me. It's like, why bring Clark Gregg back? And why spend the money to de-age him if you're only going to use him in like three or four scenes? Also, the stuff with Nick Fury is cool. And there is a twist in, in the movie. And it's it's it kind of fell into a lot of the tropes that the MCU fell into in, in phase one, you know, back with like Iron Man one, Iron Man two and the Thor movies and things like that. And that's why, that's why I was kind of confused as, as to what was going on with this. But I, I, it was good though. So that, that's why it's like, it's hard to say like things that, uh, I don't want to come off as someone who hated it. Cause I didn't, I would I would put the movie probably like at a seven right now. Um, there was a lot of cool things in it that that um, kind of make sense in the MCU as a whole, but at the same time, it, it creates a lot of inconsistencies in the in the timeline overall of the MCU, and 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 that's going to happen when you start making uh, movies that take place beforehand. 10 years later, 10 years into the whole franchise and like things with the Tesseract and the, the Kree and, and with Fury. But right now, as it stands, I would put a 7.5, uh, seven, actually, sorry, seven, because it tells a great origin story. The story is cool. Um, I, I think it misrepresented itself in the ads and we'll get to that in the spoiler discussion in a second. I, I I felt that it was very cookie cutter, especially for Marvel. And um other things pertaining to it, like it just it, it didn't wow me anymore like some other movies did recently with the MCU, where like Th- Thor Ragnarok was amazing. The, the things they did in, in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp were really cool. And then Avengers Infinity War was just, like, e- excellent. And this movie kind of felt like it belonged in Phase 1. And it wasn't... Um, it wasn't something that... That... I don't know how to say this. Um, it felt stale, to be honest. And now I can kind of sense some some fatigue in the MCU. Uh, Brie Larson was okay in it. Normally she's a great actress, but she she just felt stiff in the role. But uh, if, if anyone I think did their their role perfectly, it was uh, obviously Samuel Jackson was was perfect in it, as well as 
uh, Jude Law as Jan Rog. But yeah, it's uh, right now it's just a seven. It's just it, it it's not in. I don't think it's the best Marvel movie. I don't think it's the worst. It's just middle of the road at this point. And obviously we're gonna get that with it. It's the twenty first movie in the MCU, but it, it it came out seeming like it was in the first ten, and and that's disappointing. It's disappointing, um, because it had really great visuals and things like that. But seven out of ten for me personally. But uh, that's it for just the standard discussion. Again, thank you guys for listening. Um, This is where the spoilers begin. So catch you guys next time. Otherwise, let's get right into the thick of it here. Um, I did say there was a twist. And that twist is the Kree are the villains and not the Skrulls. And I'm sure you've been seeing online a lot. if, uh, If you haven't been avoiding online, it's like, how can Marvel do a Secret Invasion storyline now? Because Secret Invasion was kind of just always about the the scrolls being villains and infiltrating Earth and taking over people's identities. Um, but whereas in Captain Marvel, it's painted out that the Kree are actually the bad guys and they are like trying to massacre the scrolls for not like submitting to their will. And Ben Mendelsohn plays a great Talos, uh, leader of the Scrolls. Ben Mendelsohn is just great in general. Um, but you know they they've been point, painting him as the villain in the ad, advertisements and and other things, and the Scrolls as the bad guys. And in, in reality, they're they're just not. They really aren't the bad guys. Um, and we find out how Nick Fury loses his eye because uh, there's a pet ca- cat that's not actually a cat, but another creature called a flurkin and uh scratches his eye out so that that's how we learn a lot of good good jokes in the movie as well um a lot of 90s jokes that just fit perfectly um but they they underutilize colson as well you know it's like they they announce like oh hey we're bringing clark greg back and uh they're gonna de-age him to be younger and everyone loves colson he's a fan favorite and they barely use him. He's in the movie for a total of maybe, maybe five minutes. Um, he's one of the first people the scroll actually take over and infiltrate as. And then the real Coulson gets maybe like 10, 10, if that lines of dialogue. And I'm just like, why, why did they do this? Why did they spend all this money on him and then not have him in the movie? And I get, he's a minor character at the end of the day, but He's a very influential character in, Sp- in Iron Man 1 and 2 and in the first Avengers movie. And, oh, yeah, they gave him his own goddamn TV show in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But I just, I don't know. Uh, they changed up how Marvel is introduced and how Carol got her powers from the comics. Um, it turns out that Marvel's been using the Tesseract to experiment on finding a way to make a new faster than light engine for the the scrolls to escape the Cree, even though Marvel is a Cree. Uh played by Annette Benning masterfully, by the way. She also plays the the leader of the Cree as the Supreme Intelligence. But in, in I I just it was they don't explain things, obviously. Um, because I wouldn't be complaining if they explained things well. But it's like, how did she get the Tesseract? I mean, we know Howard Stark found it 
after uh, Captain America the First Avenger. But what happened to it in between? How did she get it? And and now we know how Fury and, and S.H.I.E.L.D. got it back, obviously, before the, the first Avengers movie. But what, where's the explanation for that? Also, um, underutilizing the villain, as always, with Yon rog and the Kree. It, it's, and it's just a, a classic Marvel failure of failing to use a compelling villain in, 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 on a scale of like all villains in the MCU. Ultron and Killmonger are like the only two, and Thanos, obviously, are the only ones that like really matter or people care about. Loki's not even a villain at this point, but it's it in the grand scheme of things, like using Yon Rog and the Kree was just was it just not great. And and this story was more about I don't want to say pushing an agenda, because it wasn't. But it, 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 I don't know. It just, it wasn't something that got me excited. It wasn't something that, like I said, wowed me before. And, and maybe it wasn't trying to, that I wasn't being catered to that. That's not what it was, was trying to do. But it just felt flat to me. And it, it almost felt like a part one of, of a two part movie, which you should never do in an origin story, especially if, Granted, this movie's breaking all kinds of financial records. I think it's going to break 160 million this weekend. Um, but you you shouldn't have to rely on that for for this kind of movie. And granted, she's going to have hopefully be in Avengers Endgame in in more than just a like a one off capacity. But that's uh, I don't know. It's just like I said, it didn't feel right to me. It was just it wasn't it was just good. Which is good, mediocre, in in terms of the MCU. So like middle of the road. Um, they did some different things with it as well, like the opening. So like every Marvel movie, they do that. Um, like the the to show off Marvel Studios, and it's like the the Avengers music plays in the background, and they kind of just like flip through comics and show different scenes, like the dun 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 dun. Um, but this time they did it with all Stan Lee and showed all his cameos from the from the MCU, which which was a nice touch. And they ended it with like "Thank you, Stan." And then um, it was almost like a gut punch, though, was Stan Lee's cameo in the movie. It's it's real early. Um, it's it's uh, around the same time that uh, Carol fights that old woman on the train, like you've seen in a lot of the trailers. And it's Stan, and he's on the. It's not the train. It's like a. It's it's a train like a subway type thing. It's LA. So I, I, I don't know what they call it. Um, but stands on, on the, the bus and he's reading the script for mall rats. Um, which is, it's awesome. It's a nice call out, especially for Kevin Smith. Who's just a huge comic book nerd. Uh, it was nice of Marvel to do that. And, uh, this movie takes place in 95. So like a year before mall rats came out or like the same year. So it was, uh, that was a nice touch to do that. But it also throws like a whole wrench into the whole idea of the MCU and Stan Lee in general. Granted, we always knew, especially after uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where it's kind of hinted at that he works with the Watchers. Um, it's kind of interesting that he is uh, reading a script from Mallrats where he talks to Jason Lee's character about his Marvel comic creations. So it's like, uh, whoa, what's going on here? Or in 
the MCU did Stanley create like another comic book company. So I, I don't know. It's uh it's fun to speculate around that, but it's um that was that was that was really nice of them to do that. And it like I said, it was a gut punch to the to the heart just to see Stan again even after um even after he passed because it it's it's not like uh it's not like Spider Man into the Spider Verse where I mean he just recorded lines. This was him being in the movie and I know we're getting at least one more with, with Avengers Endgame. So I don't remember if he filmed one for Far From Home. I don't think he did. But I was it was it was nice to see that. But I don't know. And I just there was awesome stuff in the movie too. Like the world building with the Cree culture, uh bringing Ronan the accuser back, uh by Lee Pace and and some other things, but I felt I wanted to know more about her team, like the ones that were working with like Jude Law's Jan Rog, and get more of that dynamic than what we got in the movie. And it was just more of a like lost identity film, like trying to find out who I am. Um, and it just, I don't know. I, I I felt like they dropped the ball, and it felt like a movie that the MCU had made ten years ago, and not one that came out. Not uh, not their twenty first movie, and that was my thing. And then also, as like as I was uh, sitting there watching, and it it made me realize that Captain Marvel has an extremely similar origin story to Green Lantern, like almost perfectly the same, like alien, uh, like crat, uh, alien protector gives and shares their powers with with a human. Um, so pretty much, uh, Marvel sharing with Carol Danvers is a whole lot like Abin Sir sharing with, uh, with, uh, Hal Jordan, a lot like it, but, um, definitely check out Captain Marvel cause it, it's cool. It's a, it's fun to watch a lot of good jokes. Just don't go in expecting it to be the end all or be all end all for Marvel movies. Um, and I, and I feel like it's just a step down from Infinity War and even Ant-Man of the Wasp last year. And obviously they just probably want to get us ready for Endgame, uh, which comes out in, in a month and a half. So yeah, on, on to, uh, on to the future. Thanks again for listening to Nick's nerd news. I'm your host, Nick probably should have put that at the, the beginning of the, uh, beginning of the podcast there. But, um, yeah. All right then folks. Have a good one. Catch you on the flip side.